0: So this is our third week in our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series. And uh, guys, if you don't have uh, Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I encourage you to go out and get it. It's just a really amazing read on understanding ourselves so that we can understand God better. Uh, We do have a course going right now, an Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course going. So um, you'd be reading alongside people who are going through the course and hopefully be able to go the course with us in the future today's message is called going back in order to go forward going back in order to go forward um I, i do want to throw out a caveat a little a little notice here um today we are going to be talking about what it looks like for us to turn back to towards our past towards our families of origin and talk about the things that occurred talk about the wounds that we have talk about the um, hurts that we sustained talk about our families in general those relationships Um, and the reality is that for uh, a lot of people those relationships are really good Um, they're healthy and whole and then also for a whole lot of people those relationships are very strained Um, they're on thin ice you would say um, and some of those relationships don't even exist anymore for various reasons. So I just want to throw that notice out there that as we begin to move forward in our message today, and as you continue to listen to what, this, what the Holy Spirit, what the Lord, what Jesus has for you um, in this time today, that you would ask uh, for the Lord to meet you uh, in your mind and in your spirit, in your body, um, and in your heart. And that you would take in what the Lord has for you and that you would recognize when the evil one is trying to deceive you or lie to to you or lead you astray through his lies. So uh, I wanted to start today with a a story about Ella Fitzgerald. So Ella Fitzgerald uh, was the is still to this day the greatest jazz singer that America has ever seen. She stood atop the Jazz Singers' uh, Everest for over 50 years. And by the time she passed away, she had recorded over 200 albums. But the reality is that her life started off in somewhat of a catastrophe. Uh, There was sadness and brokenness and death. um, And she had to deal with those realities in order to move forward into this life of living into her calling living into what god had truly made her to do Um, when she was very young as a baby her parents uh, split up and her mother began um, dating another man married him she uh, he became ella's stepdad uh, and they began to have a good relationship Unfortunately, at a young age, right before the teen years, uh, her mother was killed uh, through injuries that she sustained in a car crash. So Ella had already at the young age of 12 or 13 years old dealt with the loss and the maybe even not ever knowing of her dad having lived with a single mom, having to get to know another man as her stepdad. Uh, and luckily there was a good relationship there, but then also having to deal with the catastrophe of her mother's death, very sudden death at that. Ella then began running numbers for gambling rackets and would uh, unknowingly to her commit crimes. Um, This led to her uh, failing in school, not doing very well with grades, uh, being combative with teachers, and eventually running, from, running away from home and living on the streets. Um, it was then that she was put into a young girl's home where she found even more heartache and strife. But in the end, um, in her later teen years, she entered a talent contest with one of the popular jazz bands of the time and wowed the crowd. And the rest is history. Um, like I said, she went down as the greatest jazz singer of all time, Uh, It's debatable with some of you jazz nerds out there, but I'm going to stick with Ella for now. But the point of that story is this, that Ella had to recognize her past. She had to recognize and embrace and work through who she was based on where she had come from and the wounds and the pain that she'd had in her life to be able to move forward in glory with grace and humility understanding that other people around her went through pain as well. So each one of us, like Ella Fitzgerald, has a really unique story, a really unique past. We all have amazingly fingerprintish different family lives that we've come from. Um, And it's only really those who are closest to us, our our friends, uh, those that we let into the inner parts of us, who actually get a glimpse at what those inner family lives look like, what our pasts actually were. You know, I I had an upbringing where um, I was a very, uh, I I was a handful, I'd say. Uh, I know some of you can't even imagine that. But uh, I was a handful. And um, I had a lot of energy. um, And I was always excited. I was always uh, the one who wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to seek joy. I wanted to play games. Um, And At the same time, I grew up as a 90s kid in the heyday of um, kids being prescribed Ritalin and medications like that uh, at the drop of a hat. And the reality is that a lot of our parents didn't understand what they were doing with those medications, uh, whether you view them as a positive or a negative, the reality is that The establishment, the medical establishment, said this is a way for us to help these kids to concentrate and to focus on the task at hand, and for most of us, that was school. I think there was also a reality that the teachers and administration at the time saw that there was a medical solution to some of these students' issues, and in reality didn't know that there were other solutions just beyond the horizon that may have helped. In a better and more healthy way. I say that story because I don't necessarily think that our parents, um, when they're raising us, necessarily intend on and desire to do wrong to us. Now, I, I do want to say that I understand that there's those family situations out there, especially with caregivers and parents, where. There is evil in the world, and we recognize that. Um, If you've experienced anything like that and want someone safe to talk to, Drew and I are available. And we also have uh, contacts with counseling and therapy resources that we would love to put you in touch with. So please reach out to us if that's you. But the reality is this. Pete Scazzaro, in, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says this. He says, No one emerges from their families unscathed, but we live and have hope in Christ and the reality that truth and that his death on the cross brings us this very thing, that the blood of the cross is stronger than the blood that flows through our veins. And that's something that we can have great hope in. And that's where we are led into our scripture application for today. We're actually going to be in the book of Genesis, talking about uh, Joseph and his family lineage. Now, before we talk about Joseph, we have to understand um, his past, his family lineage, where he came from, which is, again, why this message is called, We Have to Go Back in Order to Go Forward. Joseph's family lineage begins with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob leading to Joseph and his brothers and that whole epic saga at the end of the book of Genesis there. But again, we have to look at Abraham, we have to look at Isaac, we have to look at Jacob, and we have to say to ourselves, what trends do we see that transcend the generations and are passed down all the way to Joseph and beyond. And which which of those characteristics that have been passed down does Joseph, at the end of the day, say, we're going to stop that. I'm going to cut that off. We're not going to do that anymore. Our family won't be known for that type of stuff anymore. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob coming before Joseph. Obviously, Jacob was the father of Joseph the reality was that they all had things that they struggled with. And what you see as you read through the scriptures is that the things that Abraham struggled with, Isaac struggled with. And the things that Isaac struggled with, Jacob struggled with. And and Jacob struggled with the things of Abraham and Isaac to the 10th degree. I mean, he, he just kind of mastered all of the different deceptive characteristics that his father and grandfather had exhibited before him not to diminish what abraham or isaac failed in but the reality is that joseph was raised in a family that came from a lineage where doing the right thing living unto the lord was not always the choice that was made abraham isaac and jacob are looked at as the forefathers of our faith as as those that we should look to but they're 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 poised that way because it shows not their grandeur, their greatness, their power, but it shows that God loves us so much that he will use broken people to expand the kingdom, to bring himself glory, to help us to understand how much he really loves us, no matter how bad we mess up or how messed up our families that we come from, really are. And then we get to Joseph and his story. And and we realize that not only did Joseph have his dad living in the house, but he had his mom, he had another one of his husbands, her his dad's wives, he had two concubines, and then all of the sons that were there as well. The very ones who, yeah, threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery. Here's just a quick snapshot of Joseph's life. Genesis 37, his brothers, like I said, throw him into a pit, sell him into slavery. Genesis 39, he's wrongly accused of rape and put into prison for about 13 years. Uh, Joseph's uh, passed over and forgotten about, even though people that said they would assist him in getting out of prison don't. And then in Genesis 45, we see Joseph have to come face-to-face with those who did the wickedest wrong to him, his brothers. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff to have to go through. That's a lot to have to process. And and here's where we get to the kind of the meat of the the message today. What did Joseph do when he met his brothers face-to-face, when they had come to Egypt in search of food? during one of the famines? Did he, did he kill them? Did, did, he, did, he, did he lock them up in prison and kind of give them a taste of their own medicine? Did he yell and scream and make a scene, make sure that everyone around knew exactly what they did so that they could be punished in ways that he was punished? Well, let's go to the scripture and, and see what Joseph's response was. We'll be in Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to be reading through the uh, verses of 15 through 21. Let's read together. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of your servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. And in some translations it says, Slaves, bond servants. But Joseph said to them, Do you see what Joseph was able to do there? Because because I, I read that and I say, if my family had done that to me, I wonder how I would have responded. And you can even take a second to think about your own family, your parents, your siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, whatever the case may be. And think to yourself, if they had wronged me, in this same way, how would I have reacted? Would I would I have had that same mercy for them that Joseph had for his family, or would I have responded in wrath? And maybe maybe it was maybe it would be something on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten angry and mad or had them killed, but you would have said, "I just won't see them. I won't. I won't." I don't even want to look at them, much less speak to them and have them explain themselves to me. Another interesting thing to to remember is that Joseph had almost 13 years in prison to think about these things. And we also know that reading through Joseph's story, the the story of his life, that Joseph loved the Lord. He, he, He asked for the Lord to reveal himself to him. He asked the Lord to be near. He asked the Lord why things were happening to him. He, he went to the Lord in joy and in pain and anguish. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, first off, before we ask ourselves something, we have to remember that time heals all wounds is a lie. Time healed does not heal all wounds. The Lord, our God, heals all wounds. And the blood of Christ on the cross heals all wounds. And we one day on the other side of this plane as we enter into heaven will experience what that is actually like. But we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to go back in order to go forward? Are we willing to go back into these pains and these wounds like Joseph probably did? Because to be honest with you, I don't know how you have your brothers come forth in front of you in in some type of a grandiose king-like chamber and say, we're sorry, please forgive us. And by the way, we'll we'll be your slaves if you want us to. And be able to tell them, I'm not God. Do not fear what what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And let me take care of you. That's huge. And I think God is saying, hey, I, I want you to think about that. I want, you th- I want you to think about what it looks like to be the type of person, to be the type of people, the King kingdom type people, God people, who are able to look back into the past years of their lives, years that you may think were lost to pain and wounding and hurt, and say, Lord, reveal to me where you were working. Show me that you're with me all the way and help me to change inside so that I can now go on, so I can now move forward being someone who exudes your character and your goodness because of the goodness you've shown me to others. So what about you and your family history? Here's just a couple of thoughtful questions that you might be able to ponder. One, what was communication like in your family growing up? Did you communicate openly. Were you safe to share what you were going through? Were you you safe to share your emotional state? Um, Did people ask you how you were doing? Or were things like that kind of frowned upon? Did no one really share what was really going on in their lives? Another one, did you experience joy and empowerment growing up? Or did you experience criticism and rejection? And these are just two uh, examples of a dichotomy there, right? But you you can replace some of those examples with other words as well. So again, did you experience joy and empowerment growing up, or did you experience criticism and rejection? And here's some here's a key: Do you know, and and if so, have you processed that? And if you if you're not sure. Maybe that's a good sign that it's time for you to maybe look back and really process through that. Because the reality is that a lot of us live in families right now. We either have a family or still have parents or even living with roommates. Um, that, That can be a type of a family where your inner wounding, the things that you've gone through, can affect those that you live with. And then, in this little section of of questions here, um, you know, have you found out what those things are, whether they're good or bad, and how they've affected you now again, I kind of go all the way back to the beginning of the sermon here, where I said, "Hey, here's a little bit of a notice. There is a reality that this is very hard work, and I'm sure some of you are squirming in your seats saying, "I just kind of want this message to be over because." I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go back and deal with the way my parents treated me. I'm not gonna go back and deal with the family history that I wanna distance myself from. I'm moving on and that's that. And if you're there, guess what? That's okay. It is. But I I wanna encourage you to know and to believe that if you make the decision to go back that God will meet you there, He will be faithful to take care of you, and He will reveal if you ask, knock, and the door will be open, right? That if you ask for Him to reveal to you the things that will help you to heal, He will do that for you. I want to say this Um, Jesus knew all about this kind of stuff, He knew all about what it meant to actually come from people. We all came from someone. We're all the sons and daughters of somebody. Jesus told uh, in Mark 6 his disciples about going back to where you're from and not being respected and honored. In In Matthew 12, he even says to his own family who are standing at the door of a house that he's preaching in, I don't really know you. These are my brothers and sisters. Because at the time, his mother and brothers thought that he had gone a little cuckoo. Yeah. Do any of you experience family members that think you're crazy? It's a lot, right? It's a lot to process. But stick with me. We're almost done here, okay? Pete Scazzaro, the author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, uh, was also the pastor of a church in New York City, and while he was there he started using the iceberg a, a picture of an iceberg, um, maybe something like this. Um, this is uh, a, an image from the emotional healthy spirituality course materials, but it gives you an idea of of one of the icebergs that they use and the the reason he uses that is because he wants people to see uh, and and to see it and use it as an example of our internal lives, that there's about 10% of that iceberg that we're willing for people to see and another 90% below the surface that we don't wanna share with anybody and or we don't wanna deal with. He's very intentional in choosing this image as it demonstrates the massive part of ourselves that most of us don't interact with. And again, this is that going back so that we can go forward. There's these big parts, these big chunks of our lives that we don't necessarily know anything about. And God is inviting us to come and to excavate those things. You know, and it's interesting because I was thinking about it this past week and I thought, you know, it's interesting because icebergs have to come from somewhere. Icebergs are massive chunks of ice that come off of enormous uh, uh, ice sheets in the Antarctic. And just like these icebergs, we, too, are separated from our families of origin and we begin to go off in our lives where we're carried by the current. You know, the icebergs are carried by the currents south until they melt um, and and we too are swept up in the current of life, and some of us carried away by the current of the Holy Spirit, allowing us to begin to learn about ourselves and and it's that very holy Spirit who says, "I see what's there on top, but I want you to trust me and I want you to dive." beneath the surface. I want you to come along on this journey on learning about this massive part of yourself that you need to know about so that you can know God better and more and so that you can find healing and wholeness. So brothers and sisters, in closing, I just want to say that, again, I know when we talk about families of origin, there is a lot of hurt there for a lot of people and for some of you there aren't there is not that that hurt and wounding and and you came from a place of health and wholeness and for those of y'all that are in that position i ask for you to look to your brothers and sisters your friends and your family members that do have that wounding and say i'll walk alongside you i'll bring the wholeness and the healing that i know i have within me and try to hand some of that to you as you both walk with Holy Spirit, through that process. But for those of you that have experienced hardship and wounding and hurt through family of origin type stuff, um, ask the Lord if He'll go with you into those things. Because I promise you He will. I promise you He'll meet you there. And Jesus will hold your hand and guide you the entire way saying, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. And I'm here to go through it with you and help you and to show you my love in all of these things. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we trust you. And if we don't fully trust you, we still say we trust you and we just ask for you to help us make that true. Be with us this week as we ponder these things. Be with us as we interact with people in our families and in our past who may have hurt us and wounded us. And give us the power to and humility, Lord, to excavate our past so that we can find the fruit that's there and move forward so that we can go out healthy and whole to bless others. Amen.